This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 193 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. It's a pleasure to be once again in your company. Uh, you can get us on iTunes if you don't subscribe. You can do it there. Just search the word Fight Disciples and you can get us on Android feeds uh, via our uh, website, which is fightdisciples.com. We're all over social media as well, by the way, uh, at Fight Disciples. On Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, there's a fight diary from our uh, escapades at the Liverpool Ec Arena at the weekend where you get to see the King of Liverpool. No, not Amir Khan, the actual King of Liverpool, Mr Nick Pete, wander into the Echo Arena, doesn't even need a fucking ticket or a pass, this guy. Wanders on in, sits on the front row, didn't even have a seat, kicks people out of the way, honestly. He's like the King of Zamunder on coming to America is the kid. He's like Eddie Murphy, walks in, people bowing down. He has women washed and brought to him, all that type of carry-on. He is the main dog, uh, and you can see him um, on a little Fight Diary video. Getting the, caught blimping, wasn't I? Yeah, well, you're just fucking chilling out, mate, you know what I mean, in your own little thing. You do, it, there's actually a thing uh, at the Echo Arena that Nick has uh, five seats all to himself. You're not allowed to sit anywhere near him. <laughs> just sat on his own on the front row, mm. right right in there, ringside. Did you see that picture? That uh, Tony? I'm going to give Tony Greenwood a little bit of a mention. What a guy. He's a fight disciple, listens to the show on a regular basis. He was watching it at home. Um, and he caught uh, you perfect, he, he caught my excitement at, uh, at Amir Khan coming out all guns blazing, didn't he? Did you see my response to him? Yeah, I've seen your response. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh dear. I noticed that... Uh, I... You're just lucky I didn't take a shot because of where I was. Mm. I was perfectly positioned behind your solar panel. Mm. And I, I could have got the ultimate photograph with the lights and all that. I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do this to my buddy. You're doing it on the fucking show now. <laughs> I'm going to spare them. Yeah, you hang spare it. his blushes. I'll hang it out until uh, until Monday morning when we start recording podcasts. That's when <laughs> I'll fucking hang him out. And speaking of this, right, this is this is how powerful Nick is, right? Today, with this is Monday, by the way, I was recording this, so I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is Monday, uh, St. George's Day, the 23rd of April, when we're recording this show. All right, just to timestamp it. Today, there is a media lunch for Tony, oh, for Tony Bellew, right? Yeah. A media lunch for Tony Bellew. Now, obviously, all the all the premier media outlets get a little bit of an email, a little bit of a a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and it's a sit down dinner um, to go and sit down with Tony Bellew. Eddie Hearn will be there and the likes, and it's just basically to obviously big up the fight that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did one with Dillian White ahead of his uh, yep. Lucas Brown thing, and uh, Nick. Um, is representing the Fight Disciples at the uh, Tony Bellew Media Lunch. Now, this happened. This came around on Friday, right? So Nick sends me a message Friday. Um, I need to record podcast Sunday uh, because I'm going to uh, a media lunch with my mate. And I went, fuck you now. All right, sounds like... But then I've got um, a a child's birthday party to go to on Sunday. We've got other things going on on Sunday. So we couldn't do Sunday. I can't do Monday night. Couldn't do Tuesday. So So the Fight Disciples podcast was in jeopardy. Was under threat. This, this exact show you're listening to you, now was yeah, under threat. You might not even have been getting this show this That's week. That's right. Because Nick decided to go out for dinner with Tony Bell. You were doing the show. That's his priorities where he's at this moment in time. However, right, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He phones Bell you up. No, I was with him Friday night. Oh, yeah, you were, weren't I you? Went you were doing him. something for the UFC on Friday night. Yeah, Bell yeah. You so, was involved. So I, I rubbed him in to do a little bit of a TV interview for a UFC show. And I was with him Friday night. Right. So as they're leaving, obviously doing kisses and cuddles as they normally do. And he says, I'll see you Monday, champ. He goes, Monday, what's Monday? He goes, that media lunch that we're doing in Sheffield, because that's where it was originally planned. Bellew's face dropped. 
media lunch in Sheffield. Yeah, you know what I mean? We all have a bit of a sit down. You, Eddie Hearn, all media lads to big up the fight. It's happening in Sheffield after after Monday's training. He goes, fuck that shit. <laughs> that was not far off, actually. Right? No one doesn't speak like that, but that's not far off. No, no, he does. Exactly like that. And he, you know. Anyway, literally, Nick walked into the Echo Arena on Saturday night and everybody... In the the national press, obviously, who I was working for, we've all, we're all on this email list. Yeah, everybody's phones go off at the same time. Everybody picks their phones up at the same time. Literally, as he's walked into the building, and the email read: Tony Bellew's media lunch on Monday has been moved from Sheffield to Liverpool. That's the power. <laughs> That's the power of the Fight Disciples. Mm, class. Tony Bellew said, "Listen, Fight Disciples podcast is in jeopardy, lads. Fuck that shit." Get them back over this side of the M62. That's right. So that's why you can be here now. Because that's once we finish the show, you're going to clear off for a steak sandwich, I'm aren't you? Go straight for a steak butty with my mate, Mr. Bellew. Yeah. There you go. There so, you go. That's so. the power. He was in. Uh, he was in good spirits, actually. Uh, was Bellew because uh, one of his boys was in uh, in action. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday evening. So Craig him. Glover. Mm. Tw- Twenty second knockout. He didn't for fuck young up. Glover. He didn't fuck about, did he? But Bellew literally came, watched Glover, who he manages, and then uh, he got right off. No, he don't mess with that, does he? No. Not at all. No. There you go. Not at all. Um, well, let's get stuck in with the Liverpool card then, straight away then, shall oh, we? Before we start, let me just tell you this funny story. So, you're way, you're literally two feet in front of me, aren't you? Five feet in front of me, whatever. You're you're doing the radio thing, yeah. and I'm hanging, hanging back with some of the some of the press, and I'm just hanging with some of my Merseyside brethren, Liverpool Echo reporter Chris, who was working for Boxing News, bit of a scouse pack, and we're sitting there chilling about Rocky Field and Rocks over. So Rocky's sitting next to us. I think I think I know this. This. Was hilarious. I think I know this because he's he's kind of told me, and I pissed myself at him when he told me. Go on, carry on. So we're hanging back and we're chatting with Rocky, and we're saying, you know, when's this fight getting announced? And he's basically saying, listen, between me, you, and 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 the hullabaloo, I think my world title fight's in jeopardy because they may bring this guy in to fight Callum Smith, uh, this Ramirez who's got the WBO title. Uh, there's talk of him fighting Callum Smith. They still don't know whether George Groves, whether they can move it back, blah, blah, blah. My fight's up in the air. I might get Tyrone Zuger over in Germany. So we're just having a chat with Rocky Field and about that kind of stuff. Keep us posted, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who rocks up? The my, warlock himself. My mate Gareth A. Davies. Gareth A. Davies. My mate and yours. So Gareth rocks up. There's an empty seat. He dives in straight away. Without even flinching, just goes straight into it. How's it going? How's camp going? You're looking well. Brilliant. So Rocky's thinking, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, yeah. Mate, disappointing the fight being moved back. But, you know, you against Groves, it's not a pro, you know, this it's a tough fight for you, but it'll definitely happen. It's got to be you and Groves. And he's going into one. And every other journalist in earshot, myself included, <laughs> just starts to curl up into a little ball. Oh, no. And then in the end, Rocky just goes, I'm not Callum Smith. <laughs> I'm Rocky Field. <laughs> and just like, oh, my God. And no, I'll give him his due, Gareth, man. He just took it on the chin and went, listen, you got, oh, I, I always get you two guys mixed up. You look so similar. <laughs> no, like, no, one's got a fucking beard, man. Exactly. One yeah. scouser. Well, the most scousers, that's about it. Yeah, he came and sat back, because he was Funny. working with me on Saturday night, and he came and sat back next to me, and he goes, you'll never guess what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I've just mistaken Rocky Fielding for uh, Callum Smith. And I went, all right, thinking nothing of it. And then he went and told me the story that you've just told me. And I went, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, top crack. So e- easily done. You're all exactly. scousers, aren't you? You yeah. all sound the same. All sound the crack. Anyway, um, on to the, uh, I said the main event. There's quite a lot to talk about where, at the Echo yep. Arena. Uh, first of all, well done, Amir Khan. 
Um, first of all, selling out the arena. We've mentioned yep. on this show many, many occasions, haven't we, regarding it's been fight full, sports. But it's never been a sellout. Yeah, that's it's right. It's been full before. Darren Till still takes the mantle of doing it first. Because oh, well, he stole a sh- he stole it in like 20 seconds or whatever it was. But. Because Amir sold out this week. The, the final tickets went this week. But it was a sellout. Well done, him. Yeah. Um, different eyes on the sport as well. Completely different crowd. You know, I mentioned that um, on the night as well. I was saying, um, you know, the, the, the mix in there. You could see there was a lot of people in there that weren't regulars out live boxing yeah. I ain't knocking that you know, no that's great Anthony Joshua's pulling 90,000 them in it's not a problem no, that's great um, it was good to see more bums on seats because it was a you know what it wasn't necessarily a purest card I think the purest card was more over in, in Belfast but in terms of entertainment yeah, yeah. it absolutely delivered because it was just like knockout 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 you know it was great yeah 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 regarding um Fuck the fight. I'm not interested in talking about the fight. He went in, he did what he did. We yeah. did a statement. I was disappointed did... with Lagreco, I've got to be honest. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, he was very poor. Listen. He was very poor. This is all about narratives. We're loving the narratives, right? Yeah. Kel Brook, a couple of weeks ago in Sheffield against Rabchenko, made a statement in the second round, knocking him out, right? We needed a statement from Amir Khan. You yeah. don't get a bigger statement than getting a guy out of there in 40 seconds. It's irrelevant of how good he is, not interested. He's got the statement, right? Yeah. Now then, you get on the microphone at the end, right? And as soon as I saw Kel climbing into the ring, I went... Me too. I said, here we go. Exactly. Superb. We've got a Tony Bellew, BJ Flores, David Hay situation. Start twatting some Toblerons and we have yeah. got a party going on. There's something about the Echo Arena, isn't there? It starts going. Anyway, it started to go and I'm thinking, game on. Well, did you see Khan's boy? He was in Khan's corner. Standing in the way of it. Standing in the way. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Brooke kept trying to push him out the way while Khan was talking. Yeah, yeah. And the lad just would not move. He kept standing he across him. Yeah, he, he, was was t- he was obviously told by, you know, whoever. Keep him away. Keep him away from me. Yeah, this don't... is my moment. But yeah, but there's like, fuck that, man. Get them together. Let's have it. Yeah, exactly. Let's have it. So he gets on the microphone and starts doing a bit and what have you. And then uh, Amir says what he's saying. I'm chasing you, right? I'm chasing you. And then off he and then ran <laughs> And then legged it. Right? And then all you got then was Kel, obviously. They stuck a microphone in Kel's face, and Kel turned into Alan Partridge from that fucking uh, car park situation where he's going, Dan! Dan! But he's going, Can! Can! Where you going, Bobby? Can! That's what he's he's nailing. I'm thinking, poor Kel, like, he's got in there for a fucking turn up, right? And then Can's legged it, and he's literally legged it. So we ended up having to interview him in his dressing room, because normally he'd come ringside for a bit of a bit of an interview. Anyway, he's cleared off. Kel's left like a spare prick at a wedding thinking because he's suited up and booted and he thinking, what the fuck's going up going going off here? So anyway, then we start to hear some of the rhetoric coming out of Khan's mouth and Eddie Earn's mouth. And they're starting to pour water on yeah. the Amir Khan and Kel Brooks situation. And I'm like, okay, if you're pouring water on it as a from a tactical point of view for the, from the negotiation side of things, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, but I the, the what I was reading was we're going to have one more fight before Kel Brook. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You are not boxing is about boiling points. If you think about Bellew hair, yeah, Bellew knew what he was doing. He wanted the hair fight. He boiled it up. He, st- he turned the kettle on. Next thing you know, we've got an absolute screamer. Everybody's calling for it, and now we've even got a second one, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. The boiling point on Saturday night. You can't get it hotter. No. You cannot get this fight hotter now. There's been chat, 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 chat. Khan's come back. He's made a statement. Same as Kel Brook last time out. What's the point in having another fight in between? What if one of them loses? What if... What, I, I just don't get having a, point, a, a fight now in between Amir Khan and Kel Brook. The time is now. Make the fight. Make the fight right now. Kel even said to me, because he did come over and have a chat, he said, listen, if I have to go to 147, I will go to 147 because I want to fucking knock this guy out. Sorry, yeah. I, w- I want to make him see stars. He's been in jungle with stars. I want to make him see some stars, <laughs> is what he said, right? 
So, fair play to Kel. He yeah, wants yeah. that. You can tell in his eyes he wants that fight and he knows that it's next because he knows that that's where the money is at for him, right? But the thing is, Emir fought at £150 at the weekend. Yeah, that was Super Bowl today anyway. What, what, what's the problem? Yeah. He's fought at the catchweights at the weekend. Uh, Kel went out last time at 154. Mekid in the middle. Because mm-hmm. he keeps telling us, he keeps telling us that he's a one four seven fighter. All right then, first, first, fur, we'll give you the extra pound, so you can go at one fifty. He'll come down from one five four. Make the fight, job done. Yeah. And it fucking makes a ton of cash. It makes more money than anybody else. Exactly. And if we're really honest, at one hundred forty seven pounds, did all struggle against all the current champions. Let's be straight. Yeah. And at one hundred fifty four pounds, did struggle against the those that Absolutely. current crop of tra- champions. So stop fucking about. You've been world champion now. Leave it. Let's get this fight on. I truly think it's because there's a golden ticket for Amir. There's a golden ticket, and there's a bigger stadium fight, and that's Manny Pacquiao. Well, we said this last week, didn't we? I think if Manny Pacquiao, and we both think Manny Pacquiao will get knocked out by Matisse in July, mm. but that's July. So you're looking at at, at least November. Before pa- Khan can fight Pacquiao. Well, Khan has Ramadan and all that type of stuff, doesn't he? So therefore, he, he's supposed to become a dad, but his wife's pregnant. He's about, she's about to drop there again. There you go, so, man. Um, I don't think... The best thing for Amir Khan would be to fight again. Obviously, Khan because of Ramadan, but would be to fight again quickly because I, I think there's, there's two reasons why Khan doesn't want to fight Brook. The first reason is Pacquiao. Pacquiao, for me, sells more than Brook. Pacquiao, because he's he such a name, that's a Wembley of Stadium does, fight, yeah. regardless of whether he loses to Matisse yeah, yeah. or not. But I think the other second, the other thing is, he's fought forty seconds competitive boxing in the last two years. Brook has been a lot more busier than that. I think Khan probably thinks I need to have, I need to be busier. I need to have more rounds under my belt. He said at the end, at the weekend, he was like, I was hoping to get, you know, at least four to five rounds out of it. I didn't know he'd go that early. I thought Lagreco was a bit of a joke. I thought Lagreco was a bit embarrassing. That's nothing to do with Khan. It's no slight on Khan. Khan looked great. But it's easy to look great for 40 seconds. I think he needs rounds. I think that's why he's dest- distanced himself from the Kell Brook fight. I'm like, you, I want it to happen. I think the whole country, everyone listens to this show, is like, yeah, you're fucking right. Neither of them are going to beat the likes of the fucking... Errol Spence Jr. Uh, exactly. It's just never going to happen. The Charlos, whatever. Them fuckers are taking over the sport in and around that weight division. So that's never going to happen. But the Pacquiao thing is still at the back. Khan's been chasing Pacquiao for about a decade, Adam. Yeah, we yeah, both yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. He wants that fight more than anything. And if he loses, well, when he, he gets knocked me, out by Matisse, it means fuck all. He said to me, still Pacquiao. On that video interview when I went to the gym with him, and to be fair, this is before, obviously, the Le Greco fight, I kind of painted that picture. I said, listen, this is the ideal situation. You come out, you look good against Le Greco. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, hopefully, we can't see him doing it, but hopefully wins this regular title against Matisse. Yeah. You fight him. You beat him, you become the regular champion, you fight Kilbrook. And to be fair, he looked, me, looked at me and went, that's the fucking ideal situation. So in his head, that's what he's thinking. That's exactly yeah. what he's thinking right at this moment in time. However, shit changes. Like I've just talked about, boiling points in boxing. You're not going to get that Kilbrook fight hotter than it is right now. People no. are going to work today. All this week, they're going, fuck me, they've got to make that fight, haven't they? Yeah. That's the fight. That's the fight that everybody's talking about. We need to see that fight. Isn't it? Isn't that a perfect fight to make before he fights Pacquiao? Hundred percent. Kel Brook go massive, and then you you're such a big. So I think Khan Kel Brook sells out what Bramall Lane sells out Bolton Arena. Probably does twenty thousand. Probably does a, does a decent arena. Doesn't do Wembley, but it does a decent stadium. Khan hmm. wins that. Okay, now he's stadium fighting in the UK. Let's say Pacquiao think. Well, you know what? Even if he doesn't win. Pacquiao still, I think that's still a Wembley fight. I think Khan versus Pacquiao after he's beat Kel Brook, 
with a good undercard does a Wembley. The thing Definitely. is, the thing is, the Khan Pacquiao fight can go anywhere in the world. I mean, look at Pacquiao at the moment. Mm. He's on a tour. He's, where's he going? He's going Malaysia next. Yeah, I think so. They yeah. can do Kuala Ab- Lumpur, yeah. They could go Abu Dhabi. They could go wherever they want. There's yeah. guys in China that will pay fucking big money for Amir Khan versus well, Amir, Amir Pacquiao. Amir sponsored by Middle Eastern, you know, some Middle Eastern businesses anyway. So he's got relations out there. Uh, well, they, were, they almost fought in a Middle East member. That was yeah, it was made for yeah. one stage, and then it fell apart. So, mm. <clears throat> I get, I, uh, I'm trying to see it from both sides, and I get where Amir is coming from. He's fought for 40 seconds in two years, not the ideal preparation to fight Kelbrook. But then he looked great. Do you know what I mean? He looks great. He looks electric. Mm. And I'm just all about the narrative. The, na- the narrative is there, mate. Let's do it. Yeah. We're, we seem to be living in this world of narratives at this moment in time. Bell, you, hair. Obviously, there's this one going on in the heavyweight division at this moment in time. Let's just fucking do it, man. Yeah. Let's just do it. it I think it's, it, again, it's, it, there's such, there's so much. They've good, got the same promoter. Boxing. I know there's so much good stuff going on. There's so many great boxers on this side of the water. There's, you know, it's really popping right now in the UK. We had two of the biggest ticket sellers come back at the weekend, Carl and, uh, Frampton and Khan, two of the biggest names in the sport. But do we truly believe that Khan's going to go to Vegas and beat a Errol Spence or beat a Ch- Charlo or whatever else? No, we don't. Well, what we're talking, what I heard at the weekend, it's right? Going to be Thurman. It's never going to right. be Crawford. Right. So it's Cro- not going to happen. Crawford and Horn, right? That's uh, for the WBO title, and I've been told that he's being offered the fucking winner of that. He ain't beating Crawford. Absolutely no. Absolutely no. No. Struggles against Horn. Do you think? Yeah. Do we Horn be Pacquiao? Yeah, why not? I think he'll do all right against Horn. But Horn ain't beating Crawford, so it's irrelevant yeah, as exactly. fucking having that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, for us, it makes perfect sense. But then we're not in the Amir Khan business. We're in the fun fights business. We're in the fight. We're, in, we're from the fans' perspective, aren't we? Mm. Amir Khan has signed a four-fight deal with Matroom, and I doubt fight number two was Kelbrook. I doubt fight number four was Kelbrook. Amir's... In Amir's mind, he's above Kelbrook anyway. I think that's why at the weekend he refused to go nose to nose with Kelbrook. He is. He is. If we're honest, as a draw I, for me, as I, a draw, yes, yeah. But as a world, as a genuine world title contender no, on the course. world stage, now they're fucking on the same level. Of course they, of course they are. But as a draw, as a draw, yeah. I, he's sixty and Kel's forty. That's fair, right? There sixty you go. forty. There you go. Let's do it then. Fucking, we've we, just made the fight. <laughs> Sign it. There you go. <laughs> Send the contracts out. It's done. Um, if you were, I know that the majority of people listening to this would have probably paid attention to what was going on in Belfast rather than in Liverpool because, like you've just said, Carl uh, Legreco is a bit of a mismatch. However, if you went to the Echo or paid attention to what was going on at the Echo, it genuinely did have everything. If you're a boxing fan, it had absolutely everything in there for you. Yeah. You had a bit of animosity in the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, obviously, that uh, spat between Amir Khan and uh, Kel Brook after the main event. And in the what you would class as the co-main event, you had an absolute, you had an absolute loving, where you didn't know whether they were going to fight or fuck. You didn't know what was going on really at any point. But thankfully, but they did a bit of both, didn't they? Yeah, they well, they beat it, each other up, exactly, and then they decided yeah. to spoon. Exactly. <laughs> what a great advertisement for boxing, though. Masha Dodd and, Sh- and uh, Tommy Coyle, mate. Absolutely sensational. Uh, the build-up and everything. You know, I was quite close to the whole build-up, and I spoke to both lads, and they had nothing but respect for each other. And you know what? That happened in Belfast, by the way. Frampton versus Denier. That was a fucking love-in as well. At a completely different level, don't get me wrong. But I just want to pay kudos to Tommy Coyle because I thought he approached this fight like a world title fight. He's had some tough times over the years, Tommy Coyle. He's came up short a few times. But I'll tell you what, fuck me. I I didn't know whether there'd be a lightweight in the country. Even Straight afterwards, I said to you, I was was bouncing around going, wow, that's how you make a statement. The Lewis Lewis Ritson fight's a real fight now. It's a real opponent for Lewis Ritson. 
I still get Lewis Ritson's probably a, a level above it. Lewis Ritson looks sensational. But that was the best Tommy Cole we've ever seen. That's a career best performance. Absolutely brilliant he was. Yeah. Brilliant. The thing is, though, um, I think he'll call it a day. I think he's I think he's hit his peak. I think he's he's climbed up. Just listening to him talk, and I think a few of the guys picked this out from the Sky team, speaking to them afterwards anyway. I think... He was rolling. He was giving this one last shot because I remember yeah. speaking to Tommy at the back end of last year, and he was like, "Going, nah, I'm done here now. I don't really need to do this. Me fruit and veg business empire that he's got going on on Humberside. He's absolutely booming at this moment in time. I don't need a box. I don't need the door. I'm doing it just because I love to fight. And he got an opportunity to go to Jamie Moore's gym. Obviously, since then, Carl's joined that gym. Martin Murray's in that gym. Rocky Field is in that gym. There yeah. seems to be a real buzz going on. A proper happy. Enjoying each other's company, enjoying yep. each other's work type vibe, and that really paid off on on Saturday night. But I think Tommy, in that he said, was all about right. I just want to win one of these legit titles, and that Commonwealth title was looming over him. He got an opportunity against Masha Dodd, and he put on a career uh, best performance for me. I look at that now and go, where else could he go? Because I genuinely believe that Lewis Ritson's a better fighter than him. I don't think yep. he beats Lewis Ritson, he's, so therefore he's not British level. He ain't going to win a British title yep. whilst Lewis Ritson's there. He's definitely not going on to European or or, or or any world level. Let's not get carried away. I think it's a perfect opportunity for him to just go, done my lot now, thank you very much. That's where I'm at. I mean, it's not for me to say, but that's where, that, if, if that was me, I think like, I think Dave Caldwell brought this up actually in conversation, the Curtis Woodhouse thing. Climb the mountain, British title, should have gone then. Yeah, Don't yeah. come back for one more fight and end up losing. Or come back again now. Exactly. For another comeback. Exactly. I, I, I'd like to, I think Tommy Coyle, after a performance like that, He's only in his 20s, though, so That's I, I might be talking Yeah, I might be talking After shy. a performance like that, as you say, he's got a new camp now. He's in a new team, and yeah. success breeds success. And, you know, Frampton and all them around him, Martin Murray, Rocky Field, and that, that core group that Jamie Moore's got together, that's a real statement team, that now. And Tommy Coyle may think, you know what? Yes, I've fallen short over the, over the last couple of years. I've finally lived up to me potential. I've finally got a genuine belt around my waist. What a crazy time to walk away now because it might have just been the missing the thing that he was yeah, missing maybe. that missing ingredient. You might be I, right. I, I, I can't see him walking away now. I could see I can see him making a defense of this belt back in Hull at the Ice Arena again where he's had success in the past. I think, and then maybe that could be his, his swan song, his big sign off to go. Do you know what title defense? Maybe against someone like a Ricky Burns or something like that. Mm. I'll sign off in style type of thing in Hull. Uh, oh, <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't know the way he boxed at the weekend. He's he might brilliant. go fucking hell. Mm. Okay, I'm I'm two levels above where I've ever been before. Okay, bring on Ritson then. Let's do this unification fight. Shit or bust. Fair play. Just a bit. Mm. Interesting anyway. Great. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And the way that he and Masha uh, conducted themselves all week and post-fight has been absolutely tremendous and a credit to the sport. No question about that. Just I know that there's loads of other stuff to talk about uh, at Liverpool. Like, for example, uh, Tasha winning her first title. Well done to Tash, beating Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Sensational <laughs> performance <laughs> against... I thought uh, it was Grace Jones myself. Did you? Rodman's a bit nah, harsh. Nah, De- Dennis Rodman, mate. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Give Dennis a right hiding, didn't she? <laughs> Ba-ding! <laughs> the thing is, I watched Tasha on the pads this week, and she's fucking wax, mate. She yeah, absolutely she wax. Yeah. And you know that if she connects in at this level with these girls, they're all going over. Yeah. Every one of them's going over. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk Katie Taylor later on. It's a good stoppage, you know. 
I think a few people were like, well, the French corner, they were complaining. No, she was out. But she was out, on her, was out on her feet. She was standing perfectly straight. We had the same angle, didn't we? But her eyes were rolling back in her yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. It was a fucking very good stoppage. Yeah. yeah. One of many, though. Liverpool was just filled with stoppages, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Left, right, and centre. Mm. Even Super in, Sam Eggington, that was the one for me, the body shot. Even in the yeah. crowd, there were a few of them, mate, knocking about. Love there always it. is at Amir Khan fights. Honestly, there's always, <laughs> there always is at Amir Khan fights. I don't know why. So I'm going to jump from that card into Belfast because we've got tons to talk about on the show today, right? Yeah, man. So I'm going to go from Liverpool straight to Belfast and straight to Frampton. Now we're talking career best performances. Are we? Fuck me, son. Do you, do you think that that was a better performance than Santa he did Cruz. against his first Santa Cruz fight? Do you know what? Because I thought Donaire wasn't at it. And, and you know what? That was my complaint as well. I, I think I tweeted that the weekend. I was like, I don't know whether Frampton was, was sensational or Donaire was quite shit. Mm. Like, quite a disappointment yeah, yeah. for what he's done in his career. He's yeah, a yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh. That was my immediate tweet. And then I heard the interview that Donaire did afterwards with Frampton. And they did an interview back in the dressing rooms. And Danae was saying is saying to Frampton on there, he said, Listen, I'm in I'm in the best shape of my life. Me right now, beat my old the old Danae. Take nothing away from your performance, Carl. I'm better now than I've ever been before. So all the credit in the world to you. You were sensational tonight. And I thought, fuck. One, what a fucking guy to even confess that to an opponent. But two, if the, you know, Danae knows better than anyone. If he's saying, because he could have said it, he didn't need to say that. He didn't need to say that to France, and he could have gone, um, you know, I'm, I'm cashing in now, son. But you know, good luck for the future. He was like, no, I'm fucking better now than I was before. So that changed my mind because I was like, okay, well, Canel, if he's saying that, how good was this performance by Frampton? Then mm. I thought Frampton, in hindsight of that confession by Danae, I thought, fuck me, son. Frampton was brilliant. Do you know, Absolutely brilliant. Do you know what I take from this? What did he win by? Six, seven rounds? Yeah, he smashed it. That's it. This is what I take, right? Now, I was obviously at the Echo Arena. I dashed to a hotel <laughs> to get a decent Wi-Fi to watch that. Um... I just fucked the press conference off with yeah, that. I know you car. did. I jumped in did. the car. I know you did. <laughs> I, I jumped in a hotel to, uh, to watch the Frampton fight, so I was watching it on a laptop, right? And about halfway through it, I started thinking about Martin Murray and Billy Joe Saunders is what I started mm-hmm. thinking. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that is because I just watched Tommy Coyle and the thing that I was impressed with with Tommy Coyle was his distance and his footwork. Yep. And then I watched Carl and his distance and his footwork and I'm thinking, Jamie Moore's on something here. Not off. He's on something here. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think Billy Joe Saunders is the bollocks. Absolutely. But he'll have had a little bit of disappointment in losing out to a Triple G fight. Maybe the Canelo fight. He's not getting the shit that he wants. Pushed it back because of the injury. Absolutely. He's pushed it back. He's taking on Martin Murray. Martin Murray will have the fucking bit between his teeth. Last chance hotel for Martin Murray. If he's taking him ever so slightly lightly, I think we're going to see something quite unreal from Martin Murray on that night. Now, just watching those two performances, I just think to myself, this could be the best Martin Murray that we've ever seen. And if it is... Billy Joe Saunders could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Anyway, that we're jumping ahead because that's not. I get where you're coming from. No, I totally get where you're coming from. What a fucking weekend for Team Jamie Moore! Yeah. Absolutely sensational. And you know what? Jamie Moore went on social media on Sunday and was like, kind of saying, uh, you know, all them videos that you've seen on Instagram of us when we were away. Uh, did they go to Tenerife or something like that? Yeah, didn't yeah, he get yeah, there yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a warm weather camp, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and we'd be on the karaoke every night. You know, that that, that wasn't just what we were doing. We were great. And I was like. Mate, you don't have to apologise for no. fuck all. Performances speak for themselves, Jay. If people, like, it's, the, it's the Floyd Mayweather effect. If people watch your camps and think, fucking hell, Jamie Moore's took them all on all day. They're all in karaoke bars every night enjoying themselves. Let people think that. Let people underestimate you and your team. Let people think, fucking hell, they don't work. They go on all day and go on the piss. Because quite clearly, 
that one hour or 40 minutes or whether it's a couple of hours, doesn't matter, that you spend in the karaoke bar at the end of the night, that follows 10 hours of graft because Frampton, again, career best performance for me. Yeah. Fucking by far Tommy Coyle, career best performance. Incredible. Must be amazing to be involved in that camp right now mm. because they must be absolutely flying. And Jamie Moore has gone from a young British coach. You know, I've followed all of Jamie Moore's career. I was there for the big Michael Jones fights and everything else. I've known Jamie a long time. I think he's kind of, you know, you're waiting for your breakthrough as a trainer, aren't you? You're waiting for the right opportunity. Obviously, Carl brings a lot of eyeballs to the table. I thought at the weekend, not only was that Carl Frampton's comeback, that was Jamie Moore's big moment. That was his breakthrough moment. So I watched that fight. And I'm looking forward to the breaks in between rounds as much as the action because I'm I'm desperate to know what Jamie's saying in there, what he's doing in there. And you know what? He was calm, mm. cool as fuck. Do you know what I also I thought liked? he was brilliant? Nigel, who was looking after Tommy, yeah. was also exactly the Absolutely. same. Absolutely. And, and I watched it back on TV last night just to see what he was saying because obviously that that's a big thing if your head trainer's not there. Of course. And I was listening to some of the things he was saying. I'm thinking... Fuck me, there's some shit going on in that gym. In that VIP gym, mate, you want yep. to watch out for these boys because there's some Absolutely. special shit going down. Absolutely. Mm. You know, and I think for me, <clears throat> Jamie Mo- Nigel did a wonderful job, of course, because it, it was absolutely, it was to the game plan. Both fighters fought exactly to the game plan, but both game plans were perfect. Yeah. They were faultless. Like, they, you couldn't have played them better if you had a computer game with the, with the cheat code. Like, that was the perfect way to beat the Nair. That was the perfect way to beat Masha Dodd. Mm sensational and you know what for me Jamie Moore's just gone from a, a, a talented coach a potentially good coach blah blah to to he's just leaped up now to fuck me one of the best <laughs> coaches in the country straight away just from them two performances you're like wow that was insane mm. such an exciting future now Frank's come out and he said August Windsor Park it's happening we're going to announce yeah. the opponent in the next couple of weeks well they're waiting on Selby Warrington aren't they yeah good, I think yeah. so they're waiting on Selby Warrington so Vargas is injured in either yeah, the champion as yeah, well yeah. so I think they're waiting to see if Vargas gets stripped um I heard, I heard something last week from Vargas was probably going to be moving up as well. So I think they're going to wait and see what happens with that belt. Could be a vacant belt for Frampton, in which case they'll bring someone else in. Well, they're not just upgrading because he's interim champion. Well, they probably won't. They'll probably bring in someone to fight for the belt, won't they? Mm. Um, but I would have thought that um, Selby, Warrington, winner. Selby then. Selby, yeah. Frampton, Winter Park, August. August. Oh, Boom time. Fucking hell. Yeah. I would love to be at that. Um, In fact, you know what? I'm going to be at that. Listen. I'm going to be at that. <laughs> I'm going to make uh, an apology to anybody who was listening to last week's show when we told you to obviously get in early to watch uh, Zolani Tete. Oh, my God. Uh, he, did you see I was put, telling people, I was saying on, I was saying on social media, free money this, free money. I said, hey, does anyone want money? And he, like, <laughs> I said, right, okay, here's your triple. Here's your triple knockout. Charlo, knockout. Khan, knockout. Tete, knockout. Triple, free money free money and I think it was something like 11 to 1 accumulated or really? whatever it was it was good odds fuck me because some of the fight well at least one of the fight disciples was all on it and then he come back to me on Sunday I was like oh god he's going to come moaning now but he was like man did not see that performance coming jeez why didn't that Zelani Tetti turn up against Matt, uh, Paul Butler eh? absolutely <laughs> absolutely don't get me wrong it's, it takes two to tango Navarez just came to to last the distance obviously lost every single round on every single judge's scorecard but Tete, the, the old detonator, didn't seem to be there, did he? You know, mm. and I don't know whether that was Tete, because I always try and think beyond the box, because Tete is fucking way better than that, you know, he's way better than that. And, and Navarre's former world champion, don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking, is Tete... Luring somebody in? No, is he like just going, oh, I'm not really that powerful, world boxing super series opposition... Get into the world boxing super not French. series. And he's not French, he's African. I can't do African without sounding absolutely racist. Okay. Um, so Tete. Have a go. 
<laughs> I think Tete goes into World Boxing Super Series now more easily than if he blows this guy away again because everyone starts going, okay, yeah, I'm signed up for it. Who's in it? Mm. Oh, Tete's in it. Mm. Frank's, making, oh, Frank's making noises that he doesn't want him to go in it, you know. Why? No one will fucking fight Tete. He can't yeah, get an yeah. opposition. That you guaranteed three fights gotta, if he keeps go winning. In. And Ryan Bennett's got to go going in. He's got to go in, Annie. Got to go in. Yeah, he's, he's gotta absolutely got to go in. So mm. Tete goes in. Obviously, Inoue, McDonald. Mm. The winner that goes in. The winner of Rodriguez Butler goes in. Hopefully, yeah. There's four. There's your four world champions for the left hand side of the draw. Mm. Looks good. Um, let's uh, flip over to America, right? Because I was falling out of love with you, Vonta Tank Davis. I've just fallen back into love with you, you little shit house, right? Back on weight and back devastating. That's how fickle I am, mate. You make weight. I like you. And then when you put on performances like that without any bullshit, woo, we are back in. And you did it with pink gloves on. Good lad. Yeah, exactly. He was uh, he was absolutely sensational, wasn't he? Absolutely sensational. That left uppercut is one of the greatest shots in boxing. Yep. He can't yep. miss with it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know it's coming. I, I can see everything happening. I'm thinking, he's going to throw a left uppercut. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Why can't you see it, son? Get your head out of the exactly. way. I think the only person that can see that coming is... Lomachenko. Do you know what? They're talking about it. They reckon Mate, it's happening, man. That that performance again, I'm like, fuck me. It's two completely contrasting styles, completely contrasting personalities. Yeah. You know, my only fear is that we'd go down the same route as the Nicholas Walters thing where Javonta might load up a little bit too much. But you know what? He's cool. He's calm in there. He mm. knows how strong he is. He knows mm. he, he punches like a freight train. You know, Kula's no joke. Absolutely no joking of, a, of an opponent. But to go in there and do that, you know, now he's a two-time world champion, Javonta Davis, and he's like, what, 12? <laughs> 12 years of age, is Stay off the streets, mate. Yeah, I Fucking don't even think he's graduated hell. high school. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving that ink as well, you know. You're a big fan of the ink. Are yeah, you going to get some Javonta ink? I don't know. I don't know whether Mrs. Peter let me get some neck ink. I fancy getting some I reckon neck you ink. should get yourself some Javonta neck ink and follow it up with one of those uh, Adrian Bronner gold... Uh, grills. Gold grills, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and turn up to do the show. Turn up to the next... Award. That award ceremony on the Selby Warrington night, right, that we're nominated for. I need to get a grill and a get neck Get yourself tattoo. some neck tats and get yourself a gold grill. <laughs> that, that's the one, mate. That's the one. Um, he was brilliant, Javonta Davis. Welcome back, mate. That's all I'm going to say. Because yeah, you did absolutely. go off the boil. You, you started to become a prick. I'm going to stop calling you a prick now. You're wicked. Well done, mate. Superb yeah. stuff. Uh, the Charlo brothers, right? The Charlo brothers. This is a double. This is what I'm going for. They are my favourite people in boxing at this moment in time. Yeah. They are fucking mint, right? When one of them's fighting, the other one turns up to cause shit at the fucking weigh-in. In a pink jacket. Yeah. Oh, mate, they don't give a shit, these lads, do they? It doesn't matter what weight. 154, nope. I'll take you out. 160, exactly. I will take you out. What a performance. I can't you... even tell them apart. No, because they're fucking identical <laughs> twins, you dickhead. <laughs> You think you can tell, just, take just, them just, apart. just for the good of boxing, one's moved up to 160. Exactly, so now I know who's who. Exactly. <laughs> when the shirts are off, you're all right. You can tell by the ink, but yeah, when they're yeah, fucking, yeah. you literally can't tell them apart. No, At no, least no. I can't anyway. So, which is an advantage because if one of them gets an injury, the other one just fights instead. That, nice. <laughs> just slips straight yes. in. Do you know what I've got a statement to make about the Charlos? What? These motherfuckers are going to be running the game. Three years' time, these two brothers are going to be running the game. I think they're sensational. And Errol Spencer's like the boy as well. Between the three of them, mm. holy fuck. These could literally do a Klitschko on this welter, super welter middleweight division over mm. the next couple of years. Mm. 
It, it's insane. I think the talent you know, is just frightening. Do you know what I do? The punch power is insane. If I if I was in charge of that Triple G fight that's happening on May the fifth, I know that it's been shifted to uh, LA now and it's not on pay per view. Fuck Vanes Matarossi and off, right? Yep. Get him out of the way because it's just a pointless fight. Put Charlo, Charlo in. As fuck. Two weeks, he'll fucking have a knock. Fresh as fuck. He didn't take a shot. Oh, mate. Two rounds in. What well, what, what was that then? Four, five, four minutes? Yeah, yeah. One minute into the he second round. as well, wasn't he? Absolutely sensational. He's got, you know, don't get me wrong, that Centino, the, the, the Mexican kid, far too good looking to be a boxer. You know, you look at someone like that and you think, mate, you've got no chance. Um, but I just thought that they, they picked up on the commentary as well. Like they said, he keeps his chin up in the air. And in the first round, he's throwing, he's throwing his jab and right hand after it. And his fucking chin is pointing to the roof. And I was just thinking, oh my God, you're getting put to sleep yeah, any yeah. second. And that's what happens. For me, Charlo, Jamal and Jamel, the two of them are just the future of the game. Well, I'm telling you now, well, it's the future. Well, that's what they call themselves. They call themselves the future of boxing. It's right. Absolutely right. Mm. Where they'll get me Charlo t-shirt, that's what I want to know. You want to get yourself, uh, you need to get yourself a Charlo workout. So there you go. You've got the Broner grill, you've got the uh, Javonta neck tattoo, and you're going to get yourself a Charlo. No, I'd rather have a, a Jarrett Heard haircut. Well, no, same thing, isn't it? Well, really? No, Jarrett Heard's a bit more like, uh, every time I watch Jarrett Heard, I always think, my tummy starts rumbling, and I was like, what the fuck has got, and I realised because he's got macaroni, he's got like macaroni on his head. <laughs> it makes me want my cheesy macaroni. <laughs> No offence, Jarrett. Yeah, no no offence, mate. No offence. Now, listen, Broner, proved at the weekend the lad can fight, right? He knows what he's doing once the first bell goes. When's, once yep. that goes, everything's cool. I kind of like uh, Adrian Broner once the as bell goes. Yeah, as a boxer, I think he's good. Four-weight champion, going for his fifth world title, ends up with a majority draw. Okay. The commentary team called it. I watched it, and it could have gone one either way. It was a fucking tight fight. It was a nice, compelling fight. I wouldn't say that it's going to be a fight of the year where it lit no. you all up, but it was all right. Who yeah? do you think won? I just got it. I thought Bronner won it by one. Yeah, me too, yeah. I thought he just pinched it, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I wasn't complaining. No, no, I'm not I wasn't complaining. complaining. Majority draw, I go, yeah, okay. Sound. One fifteen, one thirteen. At least one judge saw it the way that I saw it. That's all good. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Then he opens his fucking mouth. What are you doing, Adrian? He's such a cock, isn't he? He is an absolute dick. <laughs> isn't he? He's That's co- the only way to sum him up. Yeah, he's a complete dick. Absolute complete dick. Even the press conference the day before when he's calling out Leonard Ellaby and all this type of shit. You ain't on my team! <laughs> and all this, all this. You ain't rolling with me! I'm thinking, turn into a fucking cartoon character now, mate. Shut the fuck up. He's there. Did you hear the tune that he was listening to as well? Um, Is this he, in the pre-fight? Yeah, he was listening to Alana Miles. So you'd think to you, he's thinking to some rap or something like that, because he's obviously a man that has wrapped his way into many boxing rings in the past. Yeah, He's listening to uh, Alana Miles, and I'm thinking... What the fuck is that dude on today? And he's there like with the headphones on, shades on, didn't even square up to uh, Jesse Vargas for the stir down. He's dancing away and I'm thinking, you're just a prick. Then the, then it starts, I'm thinking. The ring walk when, with the hood. Oh, they just look like something off fucking like a Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just like, what the fuck is he doing? He's got that AB all over his shorts about billions. He ain't making a I, billion. He can't even fucking spell it. Mate, you ain't getting a billion. No chance. You ain't getting a billion, sunshine. No and then he, Do you know what though? We were speaking earlier about Amir Khan fights. I'd fucking love Broner to come over here and fight Khan. Same. I'd love to be at that fight just because Broner's a complete cock and I'd yeah. love to be around him. I'd love to be around him press week and all that kind of stuff just because, you know, he's just an accident waiting to happen, isn't mm. he? Let's be honest. He's well, a car crash. Khan wants it. Khan wants that. No, and do not... I would not be surprised if that fight happens, mate. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Broner can't make 140. He fought this one at 144, didn't he? Yeah. 
So don't be surprised if he goes, oh, fucking a little bit of extra KFC. We'll have a bit of that sunshine. I'll go up to 147. Might yeah. even go to 150 for the crack. Exactly. Uh, I, I, do you know what? It, it sounds like a joke, but I could see it happening. I think that's it a, is happening. Hundred percent. I'm telling you that is what will happen. These next. Are, this is kind of where we are with with Amir Khan. It's like Broner, it's Pacquiao, it's Broner or Pacquiao, Brooke. and then it's Brook. That's what's happening. So. That's what's happening. Which is a shame because it should be Brook just next. Just do it. Because the problem is, who the fuck does Brook fight in the meantime? That's the problem for for Kel. Yeah, he's not an Amir Khan draw. So if you mention Kel Brook's name to Pacquiao or Adrian Broner, they probably wouldn't be interested. Well, imagine if Kel Brook goes and fights Jarrett Heard no, and gets absolutely marmalised. Well, well, he does. Yeah, of course he does. Does. And then what does it do to the uh, the it's Amir Khan gone. fight? Because then Amir Khan goes it's gone. Well, what's the point in fighting you? Because you've just been smashed. The, the only way it happens then is if Pacquiao or if Broner stop Khan, and then then the. You've got two defeated guys going mm. at it. No, we're no longer talking about Bolton Stadium. We're now talking about, you know, MEN Arena. Mm. Uh, listen, just a quick one um, on Jarrett Heard. He is a fight disciple, that motherfucker. Yeah, He's he refused to pay his yeah, IBO sanctioning fee, which <laughs> lights my face up. You know that when Come I on. hear stuff like this. George Groves did it first. Now Jarrett Heard's doing it. We are getting rid of that belt, baby. We are getting rid of it. Well done, Jarrett Heard. That's what I like to see. Also, just a quick one on belts. Mikey Garcia, you fucking gangster, has decided... Hang on a minute. There's not enough knocking about at 140. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll chuck my IBF 140 belt in the belt, in the bin. I'll keep my WBC 135-pound belt in the bin uh, because I'll tell you what's going to happen. Lomachenko and Lenares are going to have a knock and I'm taking them on. Good lad, Mikey. That's what we wanted and that's what we're getting. That's what he's chasing, mate. And you've got to to take your hat off to the boy for that. Of course, Ralph. Absolutely class. Mm. Flames. Well done. And also well done to uh, Frank Warren, Michael Conlon, June 30th, I think I saw the dates as. He's coming back to Belfast. He's yeah. homecoming. That'll sell out like fucking wildfire, yeah. won't it? it uh, sells out Madison Square Garden, mm. so he's going to have no problem selling out Belfast. Absolute wildfire. And uh, finally, uh, big news this week. Told you so, didn't we? We told you that uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission will brush this shit under the carpet. We told you what would happen. How can you ban a guy for six months... When he's injured, it's pointless. He's injured anyway, so it's absolutely pointless. Now, I had a little bit of a row with Dan Raphael about this, right? Uh, the geezer from ESPN. Now, to be fair, he makes some valid points, does Dan? And, I'll, get, and I'll, I'll give him his credit because he's going by the book, is what he's doing. He's I seen the tweet, right? and I was pissed when I seen Dan right. tweet. Right, so what happened was, I was on the radio last week, right? And I was asked my opinion on the Canelo thing, and I was going off my head, as I normally do. Now, that opinion was used by those presenters that were talking to me to have a conversation with Dan Raphael about it. And Dan Raphael called me out. He's like going, well, if he knew the rules and he knew... I do know the rules. I just have an opinion. I'm not just going to go by the rules. I'm going to call the rules out as well, is what yeah, I was yeah, doing. Of course. So these are the rules, right? So the Nevada State Athletic Commission are basically saying that if you get caught uh, with clambuterol in your system, first-time offence, you'll be banned for one year, is where it's at. If you cooperate, in fucking brackets, that could be reduced to six months. What does that even mean? Exactly. What does... If you cooperate, oh, you've caught mean. me. You want to oh, test me again? Right. Uh, okay. All right. Test me again. Oh, I failed again. No, oh, I'm still co- co- cooperated. What do you want me to do? Cooperate is a fucking brown envelope. Is that what exactly. cooperation means? Exactly. I don't give a fuck about the cooperation. No. Right. At the end of the day, what does non-cooperation mean? I, I don't that know. you refuse to do a I second know, test. That you refuse to fucking give them the meat out of your fridge. I, <laughs> I refuse. To you know what I mean? You can't come to my farm. They're all fucking juiced up. Exactly, <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Go on, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. So that's the rules and regulations, right? So then what happens is Dan makes this tweet and he says, based on the rules, Nevada have done exactly what 
they set out in their rules. They do this for other fighters. Why should Canelo be made an example of? Okay, he shouldn't. He mm-hmm. should be treated like everybody else. I'll yeah. go with that, Dan. Then what he said is that the punishment of missing out on an eight-figure payday... Nonsense. This enough. was what upset me. Right. Is punishment enough? I said, he hasn't missed out on an eight-figure payday. They're pushing it back. It's going to happen in September. He's still going to get the eight-figure payday. Exactly. It's still going to happen. Exactly. So then I then phoned him back up because he was slagging me off and I wasn't in the conversation. So I phoned him back up and we had the conversation. I said, well, okay then, Eric Morales... He failed for Clem Boutrell. Yeah, he absolutely. was banned for two years. Absolutely. So he's like going, well, that was a USADA thing. I said, I don't give a fuck what it was. I don't care. Stop this. So uh, the, the the conversation ended up with us agreeing that something needs to be done, especially in America, where you've got all these different state athletic commissions mm-hmm. with all different rules and re- regulations. Nevada are always going to favour themselves. They're yeah. always going to go, well, I'll tell you what, if we put this in the blueprint here, we if, if something like this happens with Canelo or Floyd or someone that makes us a fucking ton of money, yeah. we can just ban them for six months. They're not going to be fighting for six months anyway. Exactly. And then we can get them back in the same year because we don't want to be missing out on that big... 100 million? We don't want to be city? missing out on that big money, right? So they've made the wrong rules up. So the rules are wrong. Yeah. So then you've got New York who have their own rules. USADA have their own rules. So then you have guys failing for the exact same shit, like Eric Morales failed for the same stuff that Canelo fell for, but he's out for two years. There's a guy who's, who's had a knee operation. He's not out. He's not really out. No, he isn't. He's not fighting anyway. Exactly. So he isn't missing out on anything. And then you've got the confusion from a, from a world point of view where you've got British fight fans going, well, Tyson Fury had a two-year backdated thing that's obviously UKAD so that's another different governing body yep. something needs to be done tighten up so therefore everybody's singing from the fucking same hymn sheet it does but we've talked about this before and the problem is the last thing boxing needs is an international governing body because look at the state of FIFA mm. and football the last thing boxing needs is more politics we've talked about this before it needs me <laughs> I should just run boxing on with a global a gun. scale. With a gun. On a global scale. You failed? Right, I'm taking one of your legs. Bang! Exactly. <laughs> just, it, it needs an independent, a charitable, like... But even that would be corrupt as fuck. You know, it, unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? But you're right. You know, if, like, you can't ban one Mexican for the same thing and for two years and ban the other guy who makes so much money for six months. But then again, Nevada kept Floyd out of prison. They delayed his prison sentence so we could fight. Nevada fucking it's gave Conor McGregor a bloody boxing license to fight Floyd. And then fucking reviews of that kid the other week who was exactly. undefeated from fighting Triple G. Exactly. So, so, crazy. So this is my argument. This was my whole argument with him. Nevada's fucked up. Yeah. Never mind saying, well, their rule book says. I don't give a fuck what their rule book says. Of course, the cheats. They are they corrupt are as fuck. Fucking yeah. corrupt as fuck. Let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be getting, I don't know, looked after by Nevada State Athletic Commission because you get to go into various fights and all this type of stuff. That's cool. That's That's sound. But let's not fucking try and pull the wool over people's eyes and call me out. Exactly. Saying that let's I'm not talking shit. to fans. And, and, and then it was that tweet. It was the fact that, you know, losing an eight-figure payday, that's punishment enough. Is it? Sorry, fun? Dan. Mm. You, uh, for, for me, I lost a bit of respect for Dan Raphael with that tweet. And he's one of the best boxing writers on the planet, or certainly one of the most uh, most esteemed. But that, that was enough for me. I just thought, well, fuck you, Dan. If that's your opinion. You're as corrupt as them. <laughs> You've gone in. Fair enough. Exactly. They, uh, so there you go. It has been brushed under the carpet. Canelo will be back in September. Um, so there you have it. Told you so. Yeah. Anyway, this weekend... Um, big baby. Yeah, this weekend, big baby is it in action. We've got... Uh, little, no British boxing. Again, can I just make this a, a point? Yeah, stop spunking it all on one weekend. Last week, we had nothing. This gone weekend, we had two boss events... This coming weekend, we've got nothing again. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Frank and Eddie, man. 
Frank and Eddie. Frank, that's, that's a, that's a sounds, TV show. Like, sounds like a soul band from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Would and I Eddie. lie to you, baby? Would I lie to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frank and Eddie, yeah, the Fra- soul band. Where are you going tonight? I'm going to go and watch Frank and Eddie. Oh, <laughs> are they doing the hits? They're doing all the big ones. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> We're on holiday last week on a cruise. You'll never guess who they had on. They had fucking Frank and Eddie on. Can you imagine them two coming out and crooning? Look, I can actually. Yeah, I can Frank, absolutely. Frank and Eddie. Eddie would be on the Eddie be on the old ivories, wouldn't he? He'd be tinkling away. <laughs> anyway, Frank, Frank and Eddie, Eddie, get your shit together, right? Yeah. Because well, to be fair, Eddie is in the states because it's his show. Yeah, no, yeah, but yo, come on, we're talking domestic. All right, all right, all right, all right. Clash of shows. So this so. weekend, Sky Sports uh, here in the UK, you get to see Daniel Jacobs against the geezer called Selecki. I say he's a coach like he's actually quite decent. He's twenty six and all, but he's never coming really, up any. Yeah, he's coming up. He's never come up against any real opposition. Uh, anybody that's listened to the show over the last couple of years knows full well what I think of Daniel Jacobs. His yeah. story is absolutely tremendous, uh, um, and I fully anticipate him coming through here and therefore becoming the WBA mandatory once again for Triple G. So like he's a, an exciting super welterweight, but he's no middleweight. He's no, no middleweight. He hasn't got the punch power to worry Daniel Jacobs. So. Mm. I'm expecting a statement. Well, Big Baby's, Big Baby. a, well, Big Baby's on this. Jarrell Miller is the man. 20 uh, victories, no losses, 18 KOs. He's taking on Johando Pass. Um, he wins and he wins in style. He calls out Anthony Joshua and that fight gets made. Well, well, he becomes WBM. Uh, it's a WBA eliminator, if I'm not mistaken. This. What the fuck does that mean? I have no idea. Who cares? The WBA, speaking, speaking of corrupt organisations, mm. who gives a fuck? Yeah. Because they haven't got a clue what they're doing. So... Um, I just think Jarrell Miller, obviously, with this being at Eddie here in a matchroom show. He fights AJ next. It just, he fights AJ. I'll tell I think you what, if he wins and wins in style, he fights AJ next. Right. He, he is, listen. Sorry, Mr. Pavekin. He's knocking this dude out, and then he's fighting AJ at the Barclays Centre in yeah. New York on the 25th of August. Put it in your fucking diary now. I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. Right? Uh, Katie Taylor's on it, this. Listen, I hope it doesn't flash, crash with uh, Frampton. <sighs> Don't do it again. Well, I'm, they won't do it again. Well, I've they? actually booked my holidays for that last week. Of, oh, they're saying that it would be it would be AJ in New York, Frampton in Belfast anyway. So it'd be a fucking different amazing time. double header. Yeah, different times. They wouldn't sounds. do it. They wouldn't compliment each other like that. They might do. It's Frank and Eddie after all. Listen, would I lie to you, baby? Would I lie to you? Yes, you would. Uh, Katie Taylor's unifying versus Victoria Bustos in the lightweight division. We like Katie Taylor because she's no fucking nonsense. She gets in there and she throws leather. Yeah. Uh, God bless her this weekend, mate. Listen, it's not easy task if you're no, uni- fuck. attempting to unify the division, but this is uh, this is the bandwagon that we're on and we're, we're thoroughly enjoying the Kate, Katie Taylor role. I know that you're a massive fan. You watch a lot of uh, female boxing now that we're uh, it's on a lot of our television screens and a lot of it let's be straight is shit mm-hmm. whereas when Katie Taylor fights it fucking gets you on the edge of your seat because she because she because she makes the fight exciting I thought Tasha Jonas on Saturday night was yeah, exciting she, as yeah, well yeah, so I, inevitably these two are going to fight again they fought in the Olympic no. Games it was a great oh, a great fight do you think they'll fight I just think when Tasha's got to become super featherweight champion first obviously Katie's about to unify the lightweight division mm. I think next year next summer this is the biggest fight for British female boxing Biz, biggest fight we've ever seen in British female boxing to be honest with yeah. you um, but what I like I think what I like about Katie Taylor especially is the fact that she doesn't she gets in there and has a proper fight doesn't yeah, yeah, she yeah. she like she brawls yeah, like yeah. you know I don't, I I don't look at Katie Taylor and go, wow, you can tell you're fucking so well-schooled. Nah. But she, she just, just gets in there. She just started as nails. Yeah, that's what she does. <laughs> she just gets in there and scraps. She's entertaining, man. I like that. Nah, looking forward to it. Well, that's this weekend on Sky. Then if you want to flick over to Box Nation as well, this is a real fight. This is a real good one, right? Jesse Magdalano taking on Isaac Dogbo. Both undefeated lads. 25-0 Magdalano. 18-0 Isaac Dogbo. It's for the WBO Super Bantamweight 
world title. Dogbo's one of those guys that's kind of just skating along in Africa, right? He's been skating along. He hasn't really fought anybody of any note, but every time I watch him, he's fucking knocking out proper highlight reel knockouts, like putting kids to kip, right? So I'm quite excited about this because I'm a big fan of Jesse Magdalena. Every time I've watched him, I've thought, he's good. Yeah, He's got a shit haircut, but he's really, really good, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm fascinated by this fight at the weekend as to how this is going to be playing out, mate. You know, both southpaws. I kind of like that matchup. We kind of look saw that at the weekend with Tank Davis, didn't we, in his fight, both southpaws. And I just love when when you get that, that matchup of one guy with absolute blistering knockout power. Yeah. Putting kids... Don't get me wrong, Magdalena puts kids to kip say, as well. He's, he's like a 70% knockout race Yeah, himself. he puts kids to kip as well, don't get me wrong. But I think he's, from what I've seen, a, a, a more technical boxer. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out at the weekend, mate. I, I would, on paper, I'd back Magdalena, but fucking hell, if you've got... Hands like Isaac Dogboy, it could it could be a cracker. Yeah, I think with Magdalena, obviously he's got the win over Denier and stuff like that. So you put him on a definitely on a different level. And I think Dogboy was big. That's put, a, that was at a lower weight category, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the weight the weight division Wait, yeah, below yeah, yeah. super bantam, but uh, bantam weight. Sorry, mm. but the the problem with Dogboy is for me, yes, he's got knockout power, but he's never fought outside of Africa before. I think this will be his US debut. Certainly for the last few years, I don't think he's done anything early in his career. So. Sometimes going and being on unfamiliar territory and fighting in America where it's all different, different, it can affect people different ways. And I don't know how Dogbo is going to react to that. Either he'll fucking land a lottery punch um, or he'll get taken apart. And I think Magdalene will probably take him apart. Mm. That's my prediction for this one, anyway. That's the early hours. Shakir of... Stevenson on the undercard of that. Definitely worth looking out for. Is yeah. this on Box Nation this yeah, show? Yeah, that's on Box Nation. Yeah, they'll definitely show Shakir Stevenson because the kid's got super talent, man. Mm. There you go. So there's enough boxing this weekend in the early hours of the morning for you to pay attention to, but there's nothing uh, UK best, all right? Uh, so keep an eye on all our social medias because I've no doubt that uh, Nick will have plenty of pictures and uh, Instagram stories of his uh, big fat steak sandwich that he's having with the champ. Yep. Uh, because next week, it is all about that fight, mate. Oof. All about that fight. Part two. Oof. We're two weeks out. Do you still think he's going to make the ring walk, David A? No. You think he's going to pull by now? Yeah. This time next week, I'll be happy. But right now, I still don't think it's going to happen. I still don't think it's going to happen. I think it will happen, but he'll be injured. And he'll, 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 he'll play out exactly... Well, anyway, we'll get this next week. We'll get this next week. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get next week. <laughs> anyway, uh, next week it is all about hair belly. And there's some great fights on the undercard, including Butler, Rodriguez. Dead excited about that. That's yeah. coming from the O2 Arena uh, a week on Saturday. So make sure you come and join us next week. You can subscribe to this nonsense that we talk. Uh, we're here on a week by week basis. Uh, Fight disciples on can, iTunes. Can you do it? Can you can you just do this little sign off in the style of Kelbrook? Because I love your Kelbrook accent. Yeah. Can, can, where you going, can? Listen, I've been on Fight Disciples and I've said to them, me and you, baby, I put some extra sugar on these chocolate brownies. I'm ready for it. I want to see how delicate you are around whiskers. Make sure you subscribe because I'm going to be speaking to lads quite a lot over the next couple of weeks as I try and get this fight sorted. You can get it on iTunes. Is this right, Adam? You get it on iTunes. iTunes. You get it on iTunes. Make sure you get it on iTunes. And then you can also get them on website as well, fightdisciples.com, Bobby. Make sure you check it out, okay? All Android feeds, and they're all over social media too, doing silly videos and stuff, you know? At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm on that as well. You can check me out. Special one, Bobby. Check it out. <laughs> See you next time, innit? 
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.